0: Thank you, thank you. Welcome to the Last Line Soccer Podcast, presented to you by Prime Focus Goalkeeping and the Beautiful Game Network. We want to take some time real quick to thank our sponsors for everything they do for us. Prime Focus Goalkeeping is a brand dedicated to bringing goalkeepers of all ages top-quality gloves and apparel, as well as educational goalkeeping content via our social media pages at Prime Focus GK and YouTube channel, the Prime Focus Goalkeeping channel, as well as plenty of interviews on our blog, which you can check out on our website at www.primefocusgoalkeeping.com. We also need to thank the Beautiful Game Network for giving us a platform to reach more soccer fans and talk with more great soccer minds. Check out the website, www.bgn.fm, for more great podcasts and written content. So without further ado, let's get this episode going. All right, welcome back, listeners. This is the Last Line Soccer Podcast. Uh, we've got a very special guest today. and very excited for you guys to hear his story and hear ho- what he has to say about goalkeeping, about his career, and hopefully give you guys some good advice along the way. Uh, we've got New England Revolution goalkeeper Matt Turner. Thanks for coming on the podcast today, my man. What's going on, Brandon? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. I really appreciate you coming on. I think that you've got a great story that I personally want to hear a bit more about. And I think the listeners would be uh, really excited to hear, you know, kind of how you got your start, how you've uh, endured some of the things that you've had to deal with in your career and and where you are now and where you're headed in the future. So uh, without further ado, let's get started and let's talk about uh, how Matt Turner got started in soccer, specifically how you got started with goalkeeping.
1: Yeah, so um, I have a, a pretty pretty unique uh, upbringing through the game, you know. Uh, I, did, I played it when I was really little, and then after a couple years, I opted to, to play American football instead. So I was playing football, basketball, baseball for so a number of years. Uh, until, what position? Uh, in football, I was a quarterback in... And an outside linebacker. And then in basketball, I was a point guard turned shooting guard. And then baseball, I was a middle fielding, so, uh,
0: Okay, nice. Base. Nice, nice. So what what turned you from football, basketball, baseball to specifically soccer?
1: Yeah, I guess when I, uh, when I got into high school, I went to a high school called St. Joe's uh, in New Jersey. It's where I grew up. And uh, it's like a pretty big powerhouse in football. Um, and I just didn't love it. I didn't love the game. So I kind of relied on the fact that I played soccer uh, growing up. So I, I decided that, you know what, I'm just going to try out for the high school team. Um, and this is the time where academy kids could still play high school soccer. So I go and I show up to the day, day one of tryouts for the freshman team. And uh, and I was pretty far behind where all these other kids were in terms of technique and skill. I was athletic enough, but uh, I just couldn't really keep up with them in in every other aspect of the game, like, ta- like tactical awareness and all that. So I tried out in the field on day one and I just, I was like, okay, well this isn't really going to work. But my dad kind of encouraged me to go back uh, for the second day. he uh, gave me a pair of my sister's old goalie gloves and, and I, uh, I tried out for to be a goal, goalkeeper instead, and and uh, and it just like really came naturally to me. It's uh, it was fun. It was challenging. I always loved playing dodgeball. I was always the kind of kid that was throwing stuff on the floor in basketball, uh, diving, sliding and baseball, and, and not afraid to get hit in football. So uh, the position really just came naturally to me, and and uh, and then from there, you know, I played on my freshman team, and that was it. I still stayed really focused on basketball and baseball. But I stuck with soccer because uh, I really enjoyed the guys I was I was playing with, uh, some of the guys on my team growing up, or in, in high school rather, uh, they're still some of my best friends to this day. Uh, so, you know, that, that was really what drew me to continue to pursue soccer at first. And it wasn't until I was 16, uh, after the World Cup in, in 2010, the South Africa World Cup, uh, that was the first World Cup that I ever watched really closely. And then... After that, I just fell in love with the sport. I was like, "This, there's nothing quite like this sport in the whole world," you know. Like in the U.S., people like always talk bad about soccer sometimes, and and it's growing more and more. But back in 2010, it was still like it was still sketchy sketchy waters. I feel like, and uh, but I just I had this come to like come to reality, like, and I just realized that wow, I really want to pursue soccer. So I played JV my sophomore year, and then my junior year I played varsity finally. And after that season, I had a pretty good a pretty good season. And I was approached by a local club team uh, to come try out for their team, and and that's when I started playing uh, November. So I was 16 really, and and I started playing goalkeeping. Started really getting into goalkeeping. Really getting into. Uh, Doing the goalkeeping training, watching videos, I started watching soccer more, and then, uh, from there it was it was uh, do I want to play soccer or baseball in college? Pretty much became the conversation, and I ended up choosing soccer just because I I just enjoyed the sport a lot more. Even though I played baseball since I could I could walk and swing a bat, uh, at that point I was really just enjoying soccer a lot more, and I don't know if it was just about the people, but I think also just what I that World Cup in South Africa just turned me onto the game so much and made me fall in love that I just couldn't I couldn't deny my passion for it, you know.
0: Yeah, so was it yeah. uh, were, were there like specific goalkeepers that really got you into that? In like 2010 yeah. or was it more so just like the team and, you know, the buzz around the whole sport?
1: So it was it was probably 50/50, I'd say, the buzz around the whole sport and some really special moments for the US men's national team there. And, uh, and just in general, that World Cup was incredible. But, um, I really, really loved, um, uh, how Fernando Muslera played in that World Cup. He yeah. Played. Yeah. He, he killed he, it. Yeah. He, yeah. He kind of became, uh, sort of someone I, I started looking up to. And then from there, I started YouTubing, just YouTubing things, trying to teach myself, uh, little, little things here and there. I remember watching, uh, some old Peter Schmeichel videos and just being like, oh, my God, you know, this guy, this is so cool. Like, this sport is so cool. This position is so amazing. There's nothing quite like it, like, in terms of a uh, physical challenge. Like, you have to be good with your feet. You have to be good with your hands. You have to be agile, nimble, quick. And and you have to be perfect, you know. You have to – that's, like, what we strive to be. So I just – I thought it was so cool. And watching those videos of Peter Schmeichel, you know, I was, I was watching and I was like, Oh, I think I can do that. I think I can, I think I can dive and land that way and, and catch the ball. Like I've done that a million times when I'm just messing around with my friends, you know, and, and now just let me, let me go outside and try. So I would just go, go down to the field with a couple of my buddies and I would just try things and get it to them because it wasn't, it wasn't always easy. They didn't always want to go, but I, I used to just drag them down there.
0: That's awesome. And that's that's awesome to hear uh, how you really got, you know, kind of fell into a love of the game and how you kind of just like developed it through kind of your own just experience. Um, uh, Yeah, not so much like playing an organized uh, games, but just like kind of doing it on your own and falling in love with that position. But I do I do want to go back real quick. Do you remember the, the brand of gloves that your little sister uh, was wearing that you wore for the first time?
1: Uh, yeah, I think they were some old, like, just raggedy pair of Nike gloves, to be honest.
0: I'll never they forget. Were like, they were, like, white and yellow. I'll never forget my first pair of gloves, the Lanzera. Um, they were white and blue. Um, I love those things. Uh, looking back wow. now, they were, they were pretty low quality, but uh i'll yeah. always remember i used to love wearing those all the time i thought i was like the freshest goalkeeper out there um right yeah i actually <laughs> remember the, the first pair i
1: bought so after i made the team i bought a pair of uh like i think they were Diodorus spiders they were like all white they were sick
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man there's there were some classic goalkeeper gloves out there but let's talk about uh the youth soccer scene in Jersey. Like what what was the youth soccer scene like and what was your recruitment like going uh going into college? Yeah, so um
1: my my youth like my youth club team you're saying?
0: Yeah, just like what was the youth soccer scene like? Were you were you on a larger team, like a, a larger club? Oh uh, yeah, no, it was more scene? of like a
1: Right, yeah, no. Never never involved in uh any academy, never involved in any sort of uh usa national team thing this was just like a pretty much a town local travel team uh we played in a couple of tournaments we went to a couple of showcases um but really um i didn't really turn any heads uh at some of these things my team wasn't the best you know it was just guys that like really were, were better than high school soccer but not good enough for a cat like or didn't get recognized for academy maybe they like to like they didn't want the commitment level. They like to play other sports, so they, they wanted to. They opted to, to play in club, and so we played. It was actually because I'm from Jersey, but I'm on the border of Rockland Rockland County, New York. So um, I actually played for the same club that uh, Tommy McNamara played for. It's called Clarkstown, Clarkstown, SC, and uh, so we played like you know New York State Club. We just did all that kind of that kind of stuff. Played some tournaments over at Fort Dix in New Jersey. And uh, I think we played one big one in Virginia. That was supposed to be like this big college recruitment one. But like I said, I mean, I didn't really get anything from that. A lot of what I do, and, and credit to my dad, actually. He, he really helped me uh, a lot in this process, just reaching out to, uh, to coaches, going to ID camps, paying and going to these ID camps, which were really helpful for me because I didn't have a great playing resume. Ever pretty much my whole life, and so just going and every time I would go somewhere and show them what I could do, um, I would usually get some pretty positive feedback. So that's pretty much how I I kind of got in. Uh, Fairfield was this Fairfield University is where I ended up going. It's a school I was really interested in academically, so I'd already applied uh, to the school when I was a senior. When I was I was still making my decision of whether I even wanted to play a sport. Um, so I was kind of my. Top schools were Fairfield. Uh, I really loved um, University of Richmond, and uh, then the last one that I thought about going to was was ended up being Bryant. Um, there was other schools I applied to and got into, and uh, it, that made the decision a little more difficult. But uh, Bryant ended up offering me a scholarship, and uh, they just I I didn't really like the concept of going there they were a first year d1 program and and they never even saw me play you know they were they basically just offered me based off of word of mouth um and so i didn't really love that uh that idea and then uh when i reached out to the coach at fairfield he said they they came and saw me play a game and and they they liked what they saw but they weren't really convinced so they they brought me to their id camp um, I was a one-day ID camp. I think it was in February. It was so it was like the middle of winter in Connecticut, and uh, I played really well while I was there, uh, just one day. And that was on a Saturday, and on the Monday morning, I got a call from the coach, and, and he offered me a spot on the team. Uh, and when that happened, it just it just felt right for me, um, and I, I I can't even describe the feeling. It just felt like the perfect situation, because when I was I would be coming in as a freshman in twenty. 12 and the goalkeeper at the time was a rising senior and he was uh playing with new zealand in the london olympics that year and so just like it just felt right to go into a situation where i hadn't been exposed to a higher level of soccer really than than just high school and kind of like a lower level club so it felt like the right situation to go and to have a mentor that i could just learn from and pick his brain and and try to learn and grow and just be a sponge as much as I could for that first year. So that's how that, that situation came about. And, and so it was February of my senior year where I finally uh, committed to play. Uh, but it took took a while to figure out that I even wanted to in the first place. And then, and then from there, uh, I, Division I uh, pickings were slim, especially because Richmond was probably my number one school, but they ended up uh, like canceling their soccer program the year I was going to go.
0: Nice. So, right away, going in freshman year, knowing you're probably going to get an opportunity to get on the field, what was the adjustment like uh, mentally? I guess from going high school youth soccer to now you're playing at uh, a pretty high level in college.
1: Yeah, that that was really hard because, uh, especially at, coming to Fairfield, uh, we get like tons of international guys that, that go to that school, so it was people from all over. Now it's not just like North Jersey and Markham County, New York. Now you're playing with guys that, um, guys from all over that have been with, uh, you know, Liverpool, youth, like youth teams in England. And then they come over to play college in the U S just because their pro careers didn't quite work out over there. So, um, they just brought like a different intensity to training that I've never really seen before. Um, and I, my, I kind of knew that I wasn't going to play no matter what. Like the guy that the goalkeeper that was ahead of me, he was literally like a guy. You know, he was goalkeeper of the year the year before. And, um, you know, he's first team all leagues. So I I, I was kind of going in with the mentality of I want to learn, um, and I think that's the first real like growth that I had because a lot of times people will come into a new situation with an attitude of like I'm the best, I'm better than everybody, and I, when I come, I deserve. Like I deserve to be playing, and I right off the bat I was of that, like, okay, I I'm not going to play. I want to learn, and I want to be the guy the following year. And I have one year with his name is Michael Ofti. I have one year with Michael. Uh, how how can I learn from him the most? And and just having that mentality, uh, I think then and seeing how well it worked for me in terms of my growth in that first year was massive. um just as a goalkeeper, like, I didn't even know what the goalkeeper uniform, was. I didn't know what that was when I was a freshman in college. Like, he taught me all that kind of stuff, that little stuff about and, and what it means to be a pro. And, and every time you step out on the field and, and the mentality that a goalkeeper, you know, needs to have. So um, I learned so much my freshman year, and, and I, you know, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. Uh, and so I think, like I said, a lot of people go into situations and they have a closed mind and the way things should go, um, but I think uh, the reality is that you need to be flexible and, and open. And if you don't, if you just close yourself off to, to only one way of things working out, um, you'll miss pl- you'll miss a lot of opportunities. So um, after after my freshman year, though, I I, I I was the only other goalkeeper in the program, and I thought you know okay, coming in sophomore year, they like me. They've, I had a positive meetings with the coaches at the end of the year. Uh, and this is going to be my job. Uh, so I actually spent uh, five weeks that summer uh, training in Brazil. Uh, at, a, at The academy was called Desportivo Brazil. And uh, so I spent five weeks that I lived in Spain. And that was a pretty sweet experience. And, and now I'm just like trying to get more experience. I'm so like infatuated with this game and trying to learn it at this point. I'm just trying to get out there as much as I can. And, and this was definitely a culture shock uh, going into a whole nother country. Uh, these guys were, I was playing with their U23 team. so A lot of these guys had like some crazy Brazilian youth experience and the players were just so good. And and that academy was just churning players out. It was crazy. And
0: um, how did that, seeing what that, how was that like, come about? Yeah.
1: Um, so my dad just like through his, through business, he, Made, he did business in Brazil, like with the company he worked for. Um, he worked for like a big corporation called Unilever, and so he did uh, work down there. And uh, this soccer academy was owned by a marketing group that also did work with Unilever in Brazil. So he just like asked some of his buddies, like if if they knew anybody. Like I was looking to play for the summer. I didn't make any PDL teams that I tried out for, so. Um, yeah, he he pretty much like hooked it up. My dad and and I was able to go down there for five weeks, and and uh, I was in Sao Paulo's. Just like what a unique experience! Like how cool is that? And uh, I came back from that, I think, realizing that okay now is when I realize that soccer is something that I can see myself doing because I literally lived it for five weeks. I just I lived at this academy. I played. I trained during the week and I trained on the week and I played games on the weekends And it was, it was, I really enjoyed the experience of it. So that's when I realized, I'm like, you know what? I think I can do this. I think I can become a professional. I think I should really, you know, really grind for it. Cause it's just, right now, like, I'm still just playing for fun. You know, I'm just, I'm part of a team. Uh, it's nice to have a group of friends at college. We're going home on but I'm not taking it like so seriously uh, where it's like okay my end goal of playing college soccer is to become a pro and while I was in Brazil I saw I saw a tweet that uh, Fairfield had signed a, uh a, a, a given a full ride to this new English goalkeeper so they they brought in a kid that played at this Nike Academy over in England and so that was really hard for me to see while I was down there and uh, so showing up my sophomore year i wasn't even the number one like i thought i was going to be i was the number two and i i didn't play at all like i i sat the bench again um but i still you know i still like enjoyed being, and 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 getting there again that was a little harder so now i had to deal with this situation where i thought i was going to be the number one and then i wasn't and how i still be a good teammate like so doing little things and Uh, Me and the goalkeeper that came in, we became really close and good friends, and we still are to this day. And uh, just showing up to training every day with a positive attitude, working hard and getting better for myself. And uh, and I thought about transferring, but I, you know, I didn't want to. I kind of had the mentality of like, I, I really enjoy being at Fairfield. I enjoy the people I'm around. I could go somewhere else, and yeah, I could play, but I could be miserable with the people that I'm around. So I kind of was, I kind of decided, you know, the reason I got into soccer in the first place was because I really liked the people I was with. You know, I don't want to take, I don't want to take these relationships for granted. Um, that sophomore year, I I worked my tail off and I, and I made some really big leaps in terms of quality because now I'm getting to pick the brain of another goalkeeper who played, uh, he played at Leeds and Leicester Barnsley, the Nike Academy. So he had tons of experience as well. Um, and so I got to pick his brain and learn from him, and he—he he was a freshman, but he was actually older than I was. And uh, so just learning from him was great, and I was—I was making a lot of improvements again. And finally, I—he—he uh, wasn't—he was in bad form at the time, and we were playing away, um, away against our rivals called Iona College, and uh, and so after at halftime. Uh, my coach looks at me. He goes, "Listen, like you've been training well. You're going in in the second half. Like we can't deal with playing Joe anymore right now. Like it's going to be you." So I warm up. I catch a couple crosses. I warm up and I, I start playing in the second half. And I make I make a couple saves. Catch a couple crosses. I'm growing into the game. I'm growing in confidence. And then uh, I'm sure you've seen this clip <laughs> this clip before, but uh, the guy. Ends up pulling, we're up, I think we're up one at the time, yeah. And he pulls the trigger from about 35, 40 yards out. And it was getting late in the game, so, and there was no netting behind this goal that I was standing in. So I was going to like, I had my hands on my knees because I was like, uh, like I'm going to let the ball go over, I'm going to, to go get it, you know, just keep the clock going, kill some time. And the ball takes a pretty crazy knuckle down and it smashes the crossbar. So I'm thinking in my mind, like, oh, my God. It, this ball either hit the crossbar and went out of play, hit the crossbar, and it's coming out to my left, or it hit the crossbar and went to the goal. So I hit the crossbar, and I, like, look at my center back, and he's looking straight up in the air. So I turn around, and I see that the ball is pretty much 40 feet straight in the air. Like, what are the chances of that? So I turn around, and I... I I'm feeling good, you know. I'm confident. So I turn around, I go to my line, like under the crossbar, and I jump up. I'm just gonna like tip it over for the corner. And then, but I'm feeling good. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna catch this. I don't want to give them a corner kick, and uh, and we'll we'll get going. And in the decision change, the ball like just whips in, and it like hits me in the face, rolls down my body, and in for an own goal. So, <laughs> So that was my first ever like collegiate appearance and
0: is it, uh Is this on YouTube?
1: Yeah, you can you can YouTube it. Just look up just look up Matt Turner uh not top 10 because it ended up being the number 1 play
0: in not top 10 that week. Well, I'm definitely going to YouTube that a little bit later cuz I haven't seen that clip, but um yeah. it sounds like a bit of a nightmare, <laughs> so I kind of want to see that. But Yeah, yeah. The, check it out. Check it yeah. out. You laugh. There are a couple of different things I want to unpack that uh, you just spoke about a little bit. So you talked about your freshman year learning kind of about the goalkeepers union, learning from that older goalkeeper and learning what the goalkeepers union really was. So then going into your sophomore year where you find out where you're thinking you're going to be number one and then you find out they signed another goalkeeper. How did that affect your mentality going into training? Uh, going into basically just being in the goalkeeper union your sophomore year, but now you're having to compete for a number one, whereas the year before you're kind of just soaking up everything and learning as much as you can. What was the mentality change like?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because it it was was a huge change. Um, You know, at that point I just had to kind of just believe in myself and what I could do, but I didn't want to, like, be a distraction away from everything else that was going on with the team, you know? Um, I didn't, like, make it hard on the coach. I, I tried to get feedback. It's like, you know, what do you think, you know, I could do better to be the guy that you want me to be, to, to be on the field week in and week out. And um, and so that kind of stuff obviously helps. So now I'm trying to get more direct feedback from, from higher up. But not – it's hard to say this, but, like, not in an annoying way, not in a naggy way, just in a very matter-of-fact, like, okay like i I didn't want to be like looked at from my coaching staff as like the kid who's going to be a complainer and a distraction and a distraction it was more like i want to get better for me like can you help me get better for me and we'll see where it goes and and so i think i just approached every single day i had a great a great group of goalkeepers with me at the time you know like it wasn't like Joe came in and he was this horrible person, and he was a presumptuous like he, he was like, oh, I'm the number one. So I have to give my like, credit there because I definitely got really lucky with the guys that I crossed paths with at Fairfield because it's not always that simple for people to to be open and uh, and I think I also having that experience of the year before I knew that I could learn a lot as well. So uh, I just took it as you know. It's a, just another. It's another bump. It's another. It's another uh, little hurdle that I'm gonna have to hop and continue to grow and just try to become the best goalkeeper that I think I could be. And I wasn't really so concerned about what everybody else thought at that point.
0: Right. So, what do you think? Uh, obviously, going down to Brazil, they've got a different style of play, especially goalkeeping wise. You know, South American goalkeepers have a different. A different style than a typical american goalkeeper so did that affect your your play your training do you think that uh you kind of took some things from there and and carried it back to fairfield and and made yourself a better goalkeeper how how did that experience help you goalkeeper specifically
1: for sure uh so for one i'll say it helped me with my approach day in because um you know these guys football like soccer is just a religion for them they take it very, very seriously every time they, they step out onto the field. So if I wasn't up to the far, you know, I, I definitely heard it from, from these guys. Whereas maybe at Fairfield things were a little more a little more chill, a little more lax, like guys were just you know, there's half the there's maybe one or two guys and three or four guys that are trying to make it pro there. I mean, it's just not a big like it doesn't churn out tons of professionals over there, you know. So it's mostly guys that are going there for an education and want to play soccer and and have the ability to play soccer on the side as well. So I definitely took some things back from Brazil with me though that weren't uh that that weren't just about approach. Like my um definitely they that's where I learned how to uh to spin, you know, like diving down to my right, get my legs around, spin up and get the other way. Um that's that's the first time I learned that and then they just hounded me and my side volley. <laughs> so I just worked I was working so hard that summer on my side volley. So those are a couple of things I took back from there and uh and just Also, you know, the, their approach was different in terms of, uh, like their, like your barrier when you, um, like when you're going for a front smother, like it's very European, like to kind of like drop your knee and just keep your hands there as a barrier and just kind of kill the ball. And then you pick up the second. And so when I first got there and it was really hard for the goalkeeper coach to kind of explain it to me because it was just lost in translation, but Every time – if the ball is, like, slightly to your left and you can go for a front smother instead of killing it, they want you scooping it all the way up and taking it into the front smother. And same with, same with the other side. Like, if it's the little to your right, you drop in your left knee and you scoop it all the way up and you take it all the way to the ground. Like, it's one full fluid motion rather than, like, the kill and then get the seconds, which I liked for a little – but then I I stopped liking it as much because it felt like I was attacking. I didn't like the feeling of attacking the ball so much when I, when it was uh, when it was coming at me. I preferred because um, sometimes it could take a bad bounce or maybe your elbows aren't close enough and and it just kind of like slips in. <laughs> like it definitely happened to me in training a couple of times where it just like and and in the preseason game actually this year where it's just like you know you come for the ball and you feel like you're attacking it and you're doing the right thing but um, it just slips, it just slipped through you. So, you know, there's, there's things that like, it was good to know. And like another thing that maybe I could have thought about putting into my style, but decided not to. And and that's what I'm always grateful about for all my experiences. I feel like it's really helped me develop my own style. That's like pretty unique.
0: Yeah, I definitely think it's interesting to see the different styles between, you know, a more European style versus a South American style, but like you said, I think you take little bits and pieces from every single uh, goalkeeper coach or training session, uh, different variations, and take those little bits and pieces and form your own style that fits best for you and whatever works works. Uh, what works for you may not work the same for me, it may not work the same for another right. goalkeeper. But it's what wh- whatever works for you and what's, what makes you most successful is what you should be comfortable with um but you so you spoke about um fairfield not exactly being like uh, a factory that churns out professional players every year so then my question would be what got you to the professional level
1: yeah so um i'll just like keep like as as we're going because i think it's important like if i'm I'm, i should tell like kind of the whole the whole story so um, after that, uh, after that fateful day, my sophomore year, I didn't see the field again the rest of the season. So that was pretty much it for me for my sophomore year. And now I'm thinking, you know what? Like it's over. I'm, I'm done. Like I'm never going to be able to become a professional. Like, I, but you know, it was a good run. <laughs> it was fun. And so I'm just going to play soccer and like have fun and I'm going to work an intern normal internship in the summer um because i don't like the pdl teams in the area they all want goalkeepers that have like the playing experience and i didn't have any like i just all i had was this one terrible highlight pretty much and so uh the summer came around and i tried out for three different teams and and all of them said no uh so then i was like okay let me try out i tried out for the jersey express and they were the best team of the of the four i was looking to play for And I already thought that, you know, I had no chance of, I didn't make the other three teams. Why would the best team of them all want to sign me? Um, But, you know, I just grinded and I, I, we had, we played, there was three rounds of tryouts and I just kept coming back and they kept bringing me back and they knew I was really into it. and, And so at the end of it, they actually signed me, but not to be a number one and not to be a number two, pretty much just to be there for training. Um and i was fine with that i was fine with that i was fine to be on a team cuz i was working i was working a job i was I, and i was just going to play on the side uh just for fun at nights and uh and so my first open cup game comes around and uh, the goalkeeper who's the number 1 at the time uh he was running before the game we played we played our games at uh NJIT in Newark New Jersey and there's a one lane track around the the uh, turf field there and he was just on his phone while he was running and he slipped off the side and he rolled his ankle, tore, tore some in his ankle. He was done for the summer. So now I've crept up to the number two slot. So I actually ended up getting to like, be on the bench for that U.S. Open Cup game, which I originally thought I wasn't even going to dress for. And then uh, in, that, in that U.S. Open Cup game, the goalkeeper that I was playing, uh, was facing a penalty and he dove to his right. And he he bruised his his uh, like pelvis like like he got a hip pointer basically really badly and he finished the game but after that he could barely walk and then all of a sudden we had a league game on Wednesday and I was <laughs> I was playing I was the starter so like it literally went from just thinking I was gonna have a chill like a summer working a job and uh, and, play, and whatever I barely made this PDL team I'm just gonna train and now all of a sudden I'm I'm playing games. Our team was really, really good, and I just got in this groove. I was just, I was having fun playing. My coach was Jeff Mateo. He he played in the MLS for a bit, and and now I think he's the coach at, over at Seton Hall in New Jersey. Uh, he was he was our head coach, and he he used to just jump in and play with us. We literally had so much fun, and I literally just like fell back in love with soccer again. And I was just in this groove, and our team went all the way to the national semifinals. We lost uh, to the Michigan Bucks in Michigan. Um, but that was actually the Adam, Adam Grinwish was on that team that beat me in the semifinal. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was just like a crazy summer. And then because we went so far, we ended up, we ended up, uh, playing all the way pretty much until my preseason. And, uh, so I just kept it rolling and uh, I go into that preseason with the, with just in form and playing well. And, and I, uh, I ended up getting the starting, winning the starting job. And in our first game of the season, I, uh, we played away at Army West Point and I got a clean sheet and, and that just set the tone for the whole year. I just, I played like really, really well. I think we were second in the nation in goals against average. I was first in the nation in safe percentage and shutout. We had like 13 shutouts in 18 games. We lost in our conference championship, but that's when, I mean, at the end of the end of May, to middle of November and I'm like and I look back at that and I was just thinking to myself wow I really took these leaps and bounds and, and I was playing so confidently and and I was I won a couple national statistical championships like I didn't even think I was gonna play like these like awesome plaques and uh and that's then after that I'm like thinking to myself with my goalkeeper coach like okay like let's give this a real shot let's let's uh let's let's really go for it like i I can do this, I can definitely play professional soccer, and uh so we worked really hard together on on in areas I needed to work on, particularly was you know with the ball at my feet the late late comer to, to the game, you know I still always need to work on my technique with with the ball at my feet and still do and uh ended up having another good summer, pretty good senior year. and uh and the time came where it was like. Uh, all right, who's going to get picked for the MLS combine? What I said before, I always knew that if someone would just see me play and actually watch me play, you know, I would, I would show them that I was, <laughs> I was good enough and I was like this good goalkeeper. But I, and after I had a good year, um, I actually didn't get picked to go to the combine. Um, and so then the draft came and I didn't get drafted. So I was pretty bummed out about that, but, I re-enrolled for my senior year at Fairfield, and um, for my second semester of senior year, and I was just gonna finish school, and I was gonna go take some chances overseas, just see where that took me. And then uh, a week into school, I on a weekend Sunday morning, so it was pretty rough. I uh, get a call from from Remy Roy up in New England, and he just said, "Hey, we've been following you. Um, I got your number because I had I had talked to an agent." Uh, by now, and and he pretty much pulled some strings to get me in at Fairfield, uh, or to get me in at, at New England, and and they invited me to
0: preseason. And I was going to say, are there some no NCAA well, and... violations going on there? <laughs> no, I didn't like
1: hire hire him, but I was already done playing NCAA anyway at that time, so <laughs> I my my eligibility was up. But you know what? If it's a if it's a violation, I'll pay a fine. I like <laughs> that? <laughs> So they yeah they called me and they, they invited me to their preseason and, and that was uh, I had like I, I literally had 24 hours to pretty much get everything together talk to my my dean at Fairfield and and get up a about and we left for Arizona the next day and I was all of a sudden I was just on a plane with Lee Wynn and all these guys all the Andrew Farrell and all these guys that I like because I I really enjoyed watching MLS and all these guys that I'd watched. And like going to MLS Cup in
0: 2014, and this is
1: just two years later. And Bobby Shuttleworth, I'm so intimidated, but I'm just sitting on the plane like, like it all happened so fast. It felt like
0: that's awesome. That's awesome. So what was what was the mentality like going into preseason? You're you know you're a rookie free agent, battling for a spot, playing against or training with these guys at an, an MLS level, totally different level than you played at. And now you're training with you know these top players in in the U S what was that like?
1: Yeah, that was, uh, that was definitely a big adjustment. And that's something I've prided myself on is, is when I've gone to different areas. So when I went to Brazil, when I started playing the when I started playing college games and, uh, I've been able to adjust to the level and the speed, like pretty quickly. Um, but it was a grind, man. I remember my first day in Arizona, um, I think it was Kellen Rowe. He hit a shot from like 18 yards out and like I saw it late and I just like couldn't even react in time. It literally went through my legs and went to goal. It was the and, and you know what? It was the last shot of the day of practice. And like we were playing a small side game. And so like I had to like sit there all night, you know, that was the last thing that I did on the ball was, was let it go through my legs. So um, it definitely took me time, you know. I was – I was so nervous I'd never been that nervous before uh going into that first day and my my goal was just to get through it get through healthy because I just coming off like kind of a long year of playing game like a you know a couple years of just playing games all the time and just to showcase myself and and play free I literally was playing with nothing to lose like i it was almost like I was playing with with house money like I didn't get drafted i I just had this I just played with this freedom and I think the coaching staff really liked me and then and, and they saw that I was going to you know, come in and work hard and be willing to learn. And, and I didn't only want to show that to, to the coaching staff, but I also wanted to show that to the players and the other goalkeepers, Brad Knight and, and Bobby Shuttleworth. I wanted to show them that I was going to be this young kid that that was going to come in and I wasn't going to be, I wasn't going to have like this like ego. I was just going to come in and I was going to ask questions and try to learn and and just work as hard as I could to just be, be the best. And I think they also had my back when it came to, like, do they, do they think I could play? You know, like, I, I don't think any uh, goalkeeper coach is just going to kind of sign someone, sign a rookie, um, when you got two veterans like Bobby and Brad and, and not, like, get their input. So I wanted to make a good impression on them as well. And, um, and those are two guys that I'm pretty close with, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm very close with Bobby still. Um, we still talk, so um, I just, I I can't even describe my mentality. Like, it was just play free and just show what you can do and, and the rest will fall into place because that's what I, I had been doing for so long. Like, i just been, it, it just felt like hurdle after hurdle after hurdle. I and mean, now I finally had this opportunity and I just wanted to make a good impression.
0: And shout out to Brad Knight and UNC Wilmington alumni up there in New England. Oh, yeah. Uh, but... So you went on? You went alone your first year.
1: Yeah. So I trained a lot. I pretty much trained the whole year in New England, and then I played seven games with uh, with the kickers, but they were pretty spotty. I think I played three in a row, and then I played one, and then I played another four, but just like overtime. It wasn't like I was playing week in week out because Richmond had the affiliation with DC United, and so I only went basically when when DC's Third choice, or something in one of the goalkeepers in DC got injured. so that happened seven times that year.
0: So, what was the mentality like going in? You know, you're an MLS goalkeeper, um, training at that high level every single day, to then getting you know shipped to another place. You know, obviously to get games, help your development. But yeah, um, what's what's kind of like the thought process, the mentality? You know, approaching that situation of you know some guys I've experienced. Come out on loan and they're just like not interested in being there. They think, oh, I'm an MLS player. Like, I shouldn't be here. This is a waste of time. And then some players embrace it um, and use that as an opportunity to continue to develop, prove that you're. Mm Yeah, maybe above that level and that you should be getting that opportunity with the team that you're contracted to. So what was your original thought process when you when you found out you were going out on your own? And, and how did you use that to springboard into obviously the success that you've had with the revolution these past couple of years?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think I was so excited to, to get the opportunity to play again, because now it's been like seven months since I played a, an actual soccer game. Um, and I was definitely more of the latter of the two that you described. I knew, I, I understood that this was part of the process. Like, so many guys have come into this league and um, get the best games to play and they don't take them seriously and, and they they're just like, they just kind of flatline. And I just knew that this was my chance and, and it meant, and you know, my goalkeeper coach kind of stressed it to me. He was like, this is really important for you and we. Really want to see how you do down there. And so I knew in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, this is not of my time. Like, this is what I want to be doing. I want to play games and I want to show what I can do because I, I didn't really get chances you know, doing training um, all the time to showcase what I could do. A lot of times I would just be there and then we would go into 11v11s 11, 11, and my goalkeeper coach would kind of like take me off to the side and just. Run, run, me through like technique drills, handling, diving. Like that's not that's that easy, and that, and that was difficult. That was that was really difficult for me because I couldn't, I I didn't get to do what I loved the most, which is like actually play in a game and like be out there enjoying myself and showcasing my shot stopping. And I was I was always considered a gamer. I was always like I train really well and I train really hard, but like in games is when I like for some reason it's always kind of been I, I like step my level up. That's what my goalkeeper coach at the time described me as. He described me as a gamer. So when I went down to Richmond, I was I was really excited uh, to for the opportunity to to get out there and play. We were playing against TFC two and uh, and just get in front of a crowd and play on a nice grass field at City Stadium and, and all that stuff. And and uh, I went out. We won one zero and and I just I just had this huge rush and I, I just realized that this is exactly what I was uh, you know I, I just I just love to do it and so I was happy I got to play three games with Richmond in a row and I think two of them were in Richmond maybe one on the road and uh, and just like growing from that getting the experience of like playing in Richmond in front of a home crowd that really the community just really embraced me and then I I wanted to in turn get involved in the community there and, and just you know the fans are such a tight knit it's just such a tight knit bunch over there that that I just really can't speak highly enough about Richmond. And so after my first year, I only played seven games, but they were they were uh, they were good seven. I think we were like maybe five one and one in my in my games. I had like four clean sheets in seven games, so that was uh, that was kind of like a big buzz. I actually played with Hugh in Richmond, that's why I uh, that's how I know Hugh to played together there. Uh, and then my my second year. It was kind of this understanding that I was going to go back to Richmond. Um, I didn't even get it. Was it my second year? Yeah, I played 45, two 45 little halves all of the season. Uh, But now it's it's Bobby, it's Brad, and it's Cody Cropper. So there's four guys there that are good goalkeepers. And they pretty much told me, they're like, yeah, we're just pretty much looking at the other three. Um, But we like having you around you're going to pretty much just go on loan. I got like 45 minutes against Minnesota United in a preseason match. And then I got 45 minutes against from correlation. And that, that was it. I only played 90 minutes the whole preseason, all that whole month. And so that was tough because I felt like I was playing well and I deserved a better look, but, I was just trusting the process. I was just, I believed what they, I believed in what they said. They thought that it was better for me. Like, yeah, maybe I could have been a number two, but they thought it was more important for me to get games. And and I agreed with them. So, um, but this year, my second year was a grind because I was training in New England Monday to Friday. And then I was flying to wherever Richmond was playing. And then I'd play on Saturday. And then I'd fly back to New England on Sunday, report in Monday. You know, so it was it was a grind. Um, twenty three games I played like that. So I was pretty much flying all over the place. Um, every single weekend. sometimes I would have to like leave the Revs training early and be like, Yeah, my flight <laughs> my flight's a little earlier than your than your guys' flight, so I gotta get out of here. So I'd literally have to leave Uber myself to the airport and, and, and fly out. So and don't worry, the
0: Ubers, the Ubers were reimbursed. <laughs> I was gonna after say the CBA, that. the CBA, yeah. <laughs> <At> Uber <laughs> so and yourself a to the airport. CBA. That sounds like a <laughs> tough schedule, though. I mean, that's 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 definitely a grind, yeah, and a, definitely people don't understand. Like, like I love traveling; I love it, but it definitely takes a toll yeah. when you're traveling every weekend. Like, you've got to get prepared for a game and you got to perform and then you're coming back the next game and then training the next week. Like that takes a toll on your body. Like we had a, we had a stretch this season where we were gone for like five straight weekends and we're just, it's just like practice throughout the week, travel on Friday, play Saturday, travel Sunday. Then you're back to training and you're doing that every single week. Like that gets exhausting. It takes a toll on your body and physically and mentally. So yeah, I, 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 applaud you for the success that you had that year while having to do that but uh yeah let's talk about your first mls start what that came in your what third year
1: third third season yeah i had like two appearances on the bench in my first two years and then um so then we got new coaching staff and i took that 1st preseason as an opportunity to uh to showcase myself again and And the coaching staff really liked me. So I got the the opportunity to start uh, week one uh, at Philly. And it was kind of like a trial by fire game. Uh, We had two red cards. uh, And it was good because Philly's close to Jersey. And my family was able to come out and see me play. That was my first ever game. And I remember getting the news that I was starting. And I have such a clear memory of that day. And I was just so nervous. (laughs) I was literally, I was so nervous because I knew the first week of March that that stadium was going to be so windy and it was, and I hate playing in the wind. I mean, no one likes playing in the wind. It's like the worst thing for soccer. And so I was so nervous that like some ball was going to just get whipped in. And I, I was, I was a wreck, but you know, I did my, I just took, I tried to take it, you know, one action at a time, you know, and just do that action. Right. You know? get the pass right, get the clearance, get some height on the clearance, okay, you're coming for a ball, make sure you, your foot works right, and you catch it at the highest point, you know, and those actions started to build up, and then our center back got sent off, um, and we were holding strong, and they, they scored on a cutback, like, right before halftime, we thought we were going to be able to hold out, but we weren't, and then uh, and then we got another guy sent off in the second half, but uh, we ended up losing to nothing, but I think like overall it was like a good debut for me because I mean, that's one of the hardest games that you're going to have to go through on the road, man sent off early against a pretty good, like this, this Philly, it was pretty similar team to what they have now. And they just, they've just kind of figured it out. And so that was a good one. Um, and then it was nice that like, you know, the following week we got to play at home.
0: Well, that that's awesome. Like I'm, it's awesome that honestly, I've heard one of the main reasons I wanted to talk to you specifically was because one, I've known a couple guys who, a couple of your teammates who you played with in New England. Um, Brad obviously went to the same university, um, and sure. then Donnie. And I've heard, um, from a couple different people about your third season your preseason and how you just came in and absolutely killed it and made the job yours and i think that's uh, that was one of the things that impressed me most about you because you know you you came in as an undrafted rookie uh battled for a contract won a contract uh went out on loan proved yourself out on loan and then you came in and that that third season and you said you know what this job's mine and you came in and took it and I thought that was crazy impressive and also I want to talk to you because I feel like we've been We've kind of been in some of the same positions in terms of you've been a number one, you've been a number two, you've been a number three. You've basically been in every position that a goalkeeper can be. Sure. Um, you've been, you've gone through goalkeeping changes where you were playing, you're not playing, you're back playing again. And so, I wanted to kind of talk to you about like what it was like, how you handle being dropped going back in, supporting other goalkeepers while they're playing, um, just the constant dynamic shift that can happen throughout a season um, because not everything goes smoothly for 34, 36 games, however many uh, games you're playing. Uh, a lot of things happen throughout a season. So how do you react to those changes that happen and what's your mentality like um, going into those things?
1: Yeah, that's
0: like that's that's pretty tricky question because there's no
1: like right answer, right or wrong answer uh for how you're gonna approach things but i think just because of my story and because of what i've already been through sometimes i just take adversity as it, like i i always say me and my, my best friend we always talk and you know when i when i wasn't starting at the beginning of this year um we, we just had a little bit of a laugh and we're kind of like well nothing's come easy for you in this game so so why start now you know like and that was that's the reality you know it's just knowing that nothing's gonna be and not things for granted I think that's the biggest thing i'm I'm gonna take away from this year is, is okay well you had a good year last year but that was last year like this year is this year last year shouldn't speak and it won't and it shouldn't speak for this year and, and that's the biggest thing and i think you know just Focusing on on you and your own development every day like that can be big, and and that that can literally pay dividends for you like down the road, and 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 you also have to know that that's the reality of the business. Like it's a results business. If if they're not going, if they're you, you could be playing amazing, if your results aren't going the way that that you that team needs them to be going. Like it's possible that you're gonna get changed, and that stinks. But it's like you just need to, you need to come to terms that that's a reality. And and then from there, how can you, how can you change your, your own narrative, like change your own narrative. So you're not associated with like, okay, well he was playing we were losing games. So like, how can you be like, okay, well that was, that wasn't just me. You know, how can you approach games differently? Like learning from your mistakes. And I think the big one for me is trying not to make the same mistakes twice. Um, and I'm not just talking, like, little mistakes, like, okay, yeah, maybe every, like, I'm going to kick the ball out of bounds, like, on a goal kick once, like, friggin' once a game, whatever. But, like, just having a short memory and and, uh, and just continuing to, like, be like, okay, well, that's gone, what can I do next to, not, not I'm not, and you don't want to, like, try to fix every single mistake you make. You just need to just move on and continue to, like, be grounded and stay, and, and that's the hardest thing. And that's the stuff that I, I'm not good at and I need to, keep, I need to work at is, is not getting too high, not getting too low, just being grounded. When things go really well for me, not just going crazy and being in like really high mood, but looking at things and being like, okay, well, I could have done this better. Yeah, we won 1-0 and I got a clean sheet, but I could have done this, this, and this better. And uh that could have maybe helped us get to two zero. So I, I just think it's just like constantly learning also helps and and just trying to be trying to get to that level where you think that in your own heart that you can get to.
0: Yeah, I mean I agree totally. I think that's that's great advice for a younger goalkeeper to to really understand. Like there's there's so many different things in the game that you're gonna experience and it's about how you react to it and how you bounce back from the adversity and you know, just focusing on yourself, not getting too high and not getting too low is one of the big things that I even I struggle with still. You know, eight years in Man. in this game professionally and I'm still I still struggle with not getting too hard on myself or, you know, not getting too excited after a great performance but um i mean you definitely got to enjoy the good times and and not get too down on yourself during the bad times but uh, that's
1: for sure that's for sure
0: but i you know matt i i think we've taken up enough of your time today but i i really really appreciate you coming on the podcast i think you've got uh, a very inspiring story you know coming from a kid who's not necessarily crazy about soccer playing other sports and stuff to going into Fairfield, having a successful career there and springboarding that into where you are now and you know a successful mls goalkeeper who's got a very high ceiling man i i applaud you for that i look forward to following your career and you know i wish you nothing but success
1: thank you dude uh, yeah really appreciate it man it was it was nice to uh, talk to another goalkeeper and uh you know any other time i'll, I'll come back on if you want and uh I really enjoyed this chat,
0: man. Thanks for having me. Hey, we'll definitely get you back on the podcast sometime soon, man. But uh, until <laughs> then, good luck. Uh, you guys play this weekend?
1: Yeah, we play uh, tomorrow night uh, at home, uh, 7 p.m. against Orlando City.
0: All right. Well, good luck this weekend. If my man Grinny's up there, tell him hello. Yeah, uh, <laughs> will event. do. Until next time, man. Take care. All right. See you, man. All right. See See you. that's another episode of the Last Line Soccer Podcast in the books. Once again, we want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate your support. As always, if you have any feedback for us, positive or negative, head over to the Prime Focus Goalkeeping Facebook page to drop us a message. We also want to thank one of our sponsors, Roughneck Scarves, for all the work that they do. If you're in need of great custom scarves for teams or supporters groups, head over to roughneckscarves.com to see what they have to offer. As always, take care and stay tuned for the next Last Line Soccer Podcast episode.